32GI. Leading sports nutrition provider. Focused on health and performance. 32GI. Trusted sports nutrition advisors. Welcome back to 32GI Sports Nutrition. I'm Mr. Active David Katz, and we've got a busy couple of months up in Gauteng in South Africa. Some great events across all different sports. One of the big ones is a huge cycle race we have here. It's uh, newly titled the Telcom 94.7 Cycle Challenge. Massive numbers come out and do that and get to see and race around the streets of Johannesburg. But also the triathlon scene is slowly starting to pick up again. We've got the Olympic distance uh, triathlons uh, that Trinity Sports do put on. Um, I'll put a link to that. We have chatted to them about the events before so these events are out trinity sports uh, triathlons a few weeks away we look at the 94.7 in about uh, five weeks time and we've talked about this in the past the importance of getting it right getting your planning in place and not just rocking up on the day and trying to fiddle with your nutrition so mark wolf welcome back onto the podcast and i think that's the big message you need to be planning and practicing what you're going to have on race day a hundred percent, Dave. Uh, I mean, now standard expos very often, and people come up to me and say, I'm doing cycle challenge or doing comrades or whatever event they're doing, and they haven't prepared the nutrition, and it's the biggest mistake you can possibly make. Uh, nutrition needs to be very well thought of, I would say, depending on the length of the event, but definitely many weeks beforehand. Um, it needs to be practiced in training to make sure that the digestive system is comfortable with whatever nutrition you decide to use. But at the same time, you need to make sure that it works for you, that your energy levels are stable, uh, that you feel good, strong, healthy uh, during the event. And uh, if, you don't, if you don't plan it and you don't uh, test it out, that could be the biggest flaw for your event on the day. It can make or break you. Nutrition can make or break anybody uh, on the day. It doesn't matter how fit you are. It it definitely can break an athlete and prevent him from either reaching the finish line or even achieving a personal best. Mark, looking at something like the 947 Cycle Challenge, I mean, yes, there are a lot of guys who race very often and they're at the front end of that race in the first few groups and they tend to know their strategy more. But one of the great things about this race is there's just as many people who maybe do that as their only race every year. For those sort of people, it uh, becomes uh, probably even more important because they're also cycling sort of later in the day and they've got to deal with the heat. So that practice becomes imperative. It's a, very, it's a very good point, Dave. So, so let me first off say that there, there are many different types of cyclists that would participate in that sort of an event. And the same goes for even a triathlon and Olympic distance. So you're going to get those that are going to finish it very, very quickly in under two and a half hours, some between two and a half to three hours. That's a very short event. Uh, those are usually um, you know, much stronger cyclists. Uh, people that really do understand the nutrition and for an event that short you don't really need a lot of nutrition you can basically pretty much rely on a on a liquid feed and you can pretty much test it out quite quickly or some gels etc i mean anything that just uh, sparks your blood sugar but that pace is very very hard but as you mentioned now there's a lot of people that do that event and that's probably probably 70 to 80 percent of the field that isn't going to do it in under three hours you're talking anywhere between three to maybe six and a half or seven hours um, I'm not even sure what the cutoff is, but uh, then you need to start thinking as nutrition as very, very, you know, very differently from the way you would think about it if you were 
you know, a solid uh, athlete because you might be on the road now for between, let's say, four to six hours, and there's no way uh, you can actually take something that's going to, first of all, impact your digestive system significantly because if it does, you're going to land up in trouble. There's no reason to actually go and spike your blood sugar because the time period that you're on the road is, is, is quite a bit different. And the other thing you need to focus on is, 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 is probably real food. Like, what are you going to take and eat? Slower cyclists generally have the ability to uh, breathe a lot more controlled. Um, they're taking their time, more social riders, uh, whereas a, an elite cyclist is puffing and panting the whole way. So, so they would rely more on a liquid feed because they haven't got time to chew and eat because they're blocking the airways and they need to get uh, oxygen into the system quite quickly. But when you're looking at uh, more of the backpacker uh, cyclists or, or athletes, they do have the ability to maybe even speak or to eat or to chew, and then they should probably go for more food solids and things that are going to maybe satiate them a little bit better, keep them feeling fuller for longer, and actually provide them a little bit more stability when it comes to, to energy. The other thing that uh, you touched on is temperature variances through the event, and that's something also very critical. First groups will go off at half past five in the morning, and they'll probably be finished by eight, before 8 o'clock. They'll be finished before 8 o'clock. So, I mean, it's, uh, you're talking guys that are riding maybe two and a quarter hours. And, uh, and, and the thing is, is that uh, so they're going to start when it's cool and they're going to finish still when it's pretty cool. Uh, temperatures haven't changed. But having said that, so, some riders are going to start at 8, 9, maybe even 10 o'clock in the morning. And they, they're only going to finish after lunchtime. And they're going to finish much later in the day when the temperatures are at their hottest. So they've got to really think about how much fluid they're going to carry with them, number one. Uh, make sure that they are hydrated beforehand. One of the difficult things for a lot of these riders is that uh, they still get up very early in the morning um, and their start is very late. So what do they do between getting up in the morning and, and getting to the start? If you're getting up at 4 or 5 in the morning and your start is only at 9 o'clock, you've got a whole five hours in which you need to actually neutrify yourself, still have a proper pre-race meal, uh, hydrate yourself sufficiently before the event, and then you need to focus on what you're going to take during the event from a nutrition and a hydration point of view. And from a hydration point of view, there's only two things I can stress. You need, you need to make sure that you drink to thirst. Don't overdo it. Um, uh, you know, I mentioned in one of the earlier podcasts, you know, being slightly dehydrated is not going to impact you significantly. Most athletes will finish dehydrated. There's definitely a, a loss of fluid. If you had to weigh yourself before and after the event, you would see that there's definitely a significant loss of fluid it's not going to impact you severely, but don't overdrink because that's something that really can cause havoc with the system. Um, and again, how do you know if you're hydrating sufficiently or not? Well, it's something you should also try out uh, during training. Uh, if you're going to start late in the day, you should probably do some of your longer sessions, at least one or two a week, where you are going out late in the day. And you're actually acclimatizing to the heat. Um, and uh, by acclimatizing to the heat, you understand what your body is going to do under those hot conditions, and you will also understand as to how much fluid you need to take in under those hot conditions. And if you can get a sort of a, a rough estimate of how much you require uh, during a training session, you can take that then with you to your racing session, and you should be okay on the day. Now, Mark, if, uh, I mean, we're talking about the back of the field, the guys who can eat a little bit more solids. Yes, we're all individuals and our stomachs can all handle different things. But in general, what are the kind of things that work well for someone when they're cycling and in terms of solids? And what things should people look to avoid? Okay, well, look, some people can't eat when they're training and 
some people can, as you mentioned. You get some people that like a liquid feed, some people that don't. I think one of the things is I wouldn't take anything that's too sweet if it's over a long period of time because sweetness just gets sweet and sweet. The palate becomes more and more sensitive with time, and eventually sweet just tastes absolutely bad, So, especially after maybe five or six hours. So maybe you want to try and look at uh, taking something that's not as sweet or food that's not as sweet. And, and you know, some, some people take a... Uh, a, a piece of built on whatever to chew and to try and get in that non-sweetness. I actually, um, when I'm going on a very long session, my caffeine shots are very bitter, so I like to take in that bitter in between to break the sweet. Um, again, if you are going to go with solids, make sure that those solids are what I call convenience foods because, you know, it's very well carrying a banana in your pocket, but if it's in the sun for four hours, it's bananas really going to turn to mush and it's not going to be so pleasant when you do eat it. So, Try and find foods that are, are quite, um, I mean, people sometimes take chocolates with them and chocolates turn to liquid, depending on what the, the temperature is like. So you don't want to also make a mess and have to worry about this. Make sure that the foods are convenient foods. So, you know, you get a lot of uh, bars out there. We've got food bars, for example. They don't melt in the sun. They, they hold their texture. They taste quite good. And I find that I actually quite like to eat those uh, when I'm doing a long session. Um, We've also got our chews, which are, are, are quite awesome. They don't melt under high temperatures. They're not overly sweet. They taste very good, and they've got a nice texture. Uh, they don't get stuck in the teeth. They go down very well. So, you know, those are the kind of things that you can look at. But, again, I mean, you could take a, a, a sandwich with you. I mean, you could, take a, it, it, um, you could take a fruit with you, anything that you wanted that, um, that wouldn't be significantly impacted by the heat of the day. And, uh, and and would be convenient to consume. I mean, obviously, you don't want to be sitting on a bicycle with groups and groups of people trying to play with wrapping and packaging and, and trying to figure out a way to open it. It can end up being quite dangerous, and, 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 and technically, you also need a place to store these things. So, you know, try and keep it simple and, and try and keep it as clean as possible. Make sure that if you are going over a longer period of time, don't make it overly sweet what you are consuming. Try and break up that sweetness. Uh, you could even try and... Uh, you know, tone down the flavor of an isotonic drink by, you know, I mean, for example, we make a neutral flavor drink, which is quite nice. You can actually, that's got no flavor, and a lot of, a lot of athletes may concentrate. They use that as a tone down the sweetness overall of any of the other drinks. It works quite nicely. There's lots of ways to do it. Um, uh, there's also, you know, you can also rely on some of the foods and drinks that they do offer en route on the course. And there definitely is stuff on course, but, you know, a lot of the times there are chocolates and sweets and things like this. I would stay away from that stuff, you know, and maybe stick to, if there is bananas or potatoes at a station, then maybe take a bite here or there uh, if you're willing to stop on route and, 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 uh, and consume something natural because maybe that's a little bit more palatable than, than taking in something that's overly sweet. Well, Mark, some valuable advice as ever. And if you haven't started planning, if you haven't started testing your nutrition for the Telcom 94.7, there's valuable advice. Start doing it now. But from Mark Wolf and myself, Mr. Active David Katz, we'll catch up with you again next time. 32GI. Leading sports nutrition provider. Focused on health and performance. 32GI. Trusted sports nutrition advisors.